Does anyone remember the movie Snow Day from 2000 with Chevy Chase and Chris Elliott? I rewatched the trailer this morning because I started thinking about the movie and how much I loved it as a kid. Like I wanted a snow day like that when I was a preteen. It just was seemed like the coolest thing that could ever happen to anybody. And I'm sitting on my couch this morning drinking coffee. I had made some banana bread. Like it was such a different vibe of a snow day than when we were kids. And I know, you know, for all of you avid skiers and snowboarders, you know, you're living it up just as much as kids are living it up today, sledding. And I honestly, I applaud you. I wish I knew how to ski. It's on my bucket list. But for right now, it's it's shoveling in coffee for me. And for anyone else who's not out there skiing or snowboarding and kind of just relaxing today, here's a little podcast episode for you. <laughs> but I, of course, waited to go to the grocery store until the day before this storm hit which was dumb, but I didn't need to stock up. I just ran out of a couple of things that I wanted to have in the house. The reason that Southern states like Nashville do not handle this weather well is because they don't have the procedures in place for snow. Why would they have a plow schedule when they rarely get any snow? Why would they have this intricate system the way that states, you know, that do get a lot of snow have, right? New Englanders, on the other hand, they need to know by now that everything is going to be okay, right? Like we know what we're doing. We're built for this. Our towns have plows and salt and sand trucks going around. There were two plows in the high school faculty parking lot at 430 this morning next to my house. The faculty parking lot alone is one of three parking lots that this high school has. And it's the smallest one. And there were two plows there making sure it was all set. It's a Saturday. It's not like they're trying to get teachers in today. It's just, it's the procedures in place for states that get a lot of snow. Anyways, the grocery store was a madhouse. This storm is supposed to be done by tomorrow. And given the plowing that we have set up, I'm sure everyone will be able to go out and do what they need to do. And I know that power is an issue, right? Like if you're stocking up because there's a chance you might lose power and you need to have stuff in the house, of course, a hundred percent. But it's just funny because the way that everyone goes to the grocery store, it's like this apocalyptic feeling where it's the last minute. And I know I was there last minute, but I needed to get like three things. These people were like, all of a sudden it was storm, last minute, filling your carts up for seven weeks. It was just, I mean, it's just very, it's very on brand for New Englanders. And it's funny, but I live on a street that's like a wind tunnel. So half my yard is still grass because it's really too windy for the snow to stay put, but it's starting to pile up. And I thought I was in the clear for a little bit for shoveling. And I'm honestly concerned because it's really getting up there and it hasn't slowed down at all. And I can't tell if it's just the wind blowing the snow everywhere or if it's actually a lot of it's coming down. But nonetheless, it seemed like a good day to put out a new episode. We're all stuck inside. So why not pour yourself a glass of wine and tune in to a new podcast episode tonight? But it's just me today. No special guests. But it is an exciting week at Take Your Best Shot because we're heading up to Boston this upcoming Friday for a couple of in-person interviews. I'm so excited. I'm so happy. We've actually had to reschedule some of them due to COVID, which is understandable. But we finally get to do them in person. And I'm really looking forward to sharing these guests and the interviews with you. Um, So stay tuned for announcements for when those episodes will come out. Whenever I make my way up to Boston which now feels like a mini vacation. I actually pack a little suitcase. I pack all my stuff. I have to pack Bo's stuff because he goes to his overnight daycare. 
I try to do as much as I can in 24 hours. See my family, like my brother and his girlfriend are up there, see friends, like actually dress cute and attempt socialization. Like that's what I'm doing when I'm in Boston. It's a whole thing. And on Friday, I'm having dinner with a few of my coworkers that I haven't seen in person in a really long time. And we all really did have a blast when we go out together. Like my team at work always had such a close bond and we'd spend so much time together and we all lived in the city. And so we'd all do stuff outside of work. And one of the things we used to do was we'd have like these work trips up to Sunday River in Maine. And honestly, I truly believe that Bravo stole the concept of Summer House and also Winter House from those trips. If they had cameras in those houses, we would have been able to convince Andy Cohen to start these shows way earlier because things got kind of rowdy. But then, of course, you know, life starts to settle down. A lot of us went remote, moved. And so we're getting the band back together. And I can't wait. I told them I'm bringing out knee-high boots. You guys, a dress and knee-high boots is such a gamble. Like the night can really go anyway. And all I can do is embrace it. So girls, if you're listening, buckle up. Dinner reservation is at 645. (laughs) Remember when dinner reservations were at like nine? (laughs) You would take a nap at seven, start to get ready at eight. Wow. That's the one thing that scares me about New York City. You all know my love for New York City and how if the opportunity presented itself, I would move there in a heartbeat. But the dinners start at like 10 o'clock and the night ends at 4 a.m. I don't know if I could handle it. Truly. I'm in bed by eight now, although I am more of a hermit in the winter because everything is dark and cold and I'm pale. So I won't cut myself too short because I'm still pretty fun in the summer. Anyways, I'm watching girls again. I just decided to throw it on in the background and it's one of my favorite shows from HBO Max. Lena Dunham created it. If you haven't watched it, you should because it's amazing. And I had a moment today when I was watching one of the episodes where I realized that at 32, these characters that Lena Dunham created are still very relatable to me seven years later. Like they were relatable to me in my early 20s and now in my early 30s, I feel the same way, which either is a compliment to her creativity or a realization that at 32, I still don't know what the hell is going on. (laughs) Dream guest, Christopher Abbott. If you are a girls fan, he played Charlie and his character development over the seasons was just unbelievable. And he's just so talented and hot. Anyways, I sat down the other day and wrote down every bill that I have every single one. And I looked at my list and thought one, I needed to cancel Amazon prime not because of the yearly fee, but because, oh my God, like how much can one person order from Amazon? I'm not an influencer. No one is paying me to try on these clothes. I just order everything. And two, why is no one in my life pitching in for all of these dumb streaming services? I have so many of them and I feel like my brother's using them, but he claims he's not, so he doesn't have to pay for them, but we're going to have a chat about that later. Anyways, I always say to my friends, oh, you know, money, I'm doing it all now before I have kids, I'm traveling, I'm getting things, whatever, because once I have kids, you know, all my money is going to go to them. And as I'm looking at this list, I realize most of my money literally goes to my dog. So here we are cutting back on vacation so my dog can rip up another $50 worth of toys in two hours. So (laughs) that's what watching girls has made me consider this week, being an adult. Another HBO show that I'm watching is the reboot of Sex and the City. And I think it's actually really good. I enjoy watching it. I look forward to every episode. I know that Samantha's not part of it, which, you know, it changes it a little bit. But I still think it's really good. 
And the reboot has some really necessary changes and I'm glad that they're doing it. And so one of the things I've noticed is a lot of people are commenting on the appearance of Kristen Davis, Cynthia Nixon, and Sarah Jessica Parker talking about how they look older. And that seems to be the headline of all of the articles about this show. I mean, a lot of people are talking about they don't really love it in general, but a lot of it is about how they look. You guys, the first season of Sex and the City aired 24 years ago. And the last season finished out in 2004, which was 18 years ago. So, of course, these women have aged. They were in their 30s to begin with doing this show, and they all looked amazing. And now they're in their 50s doing this reboot. And I actually think they all look wonderful. And whether or not they've gotten work done is irrelevant to me. But the focus has been about how they've aged as if aging is some conspiracy theory and it doesn't actually happen to people. Spoiler alert, it does. So Kristen Davis came out basically telling everyone to fuck off for saying they look bad. And good for her. She should. If you're in your 30s right now, you might have a mom in, in her 50s or somebody that you care about in her in their 50s. Would you want people shaming her for her age? No. And it's sad because if you look at society, which is the basically the rabbit hole I went down thinking about this. If you look at society, women are shamed for what they look like their whole lives, right? Age doesn't matter. You are shamed at every point of your life. You have to be skinny, but curvy with blue eyes and a perfect nose. But if you look too good, then you're flaunting your looks instead of what's really important, which is your brain. And as for women, as they get older, if they don't get plastic surgery, they look old and undesirable. But if they do, they're fake and it's noticeable. It's a lose-lose situation as we get older. And that is exhausting to think about. And I'm not in the public eye. So I just have to deal with my own thoughts when I come across stuff like this. But I can't imagine it's easy to deal with. And then you look at shows like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette that are promoting finding love, but you have to be a certain size to be on that show, to be accepted as a contestant. There was a woman in Massachusetts a few months back that applied and on the Zoom, I guess the producers had asked her to stand up and kind of showcase what she looked like from the shoulders down and she wasn't accepted onto this show as a contestant. So she went out and kind of shared her story. And it's absolutely insane to me because you have women of all ages watching this show. And some of them are way more impressionable when they're at a younger age. And they're thinking, am I not worthy of finding love because I don't fit into a certain size gene? And that is not a message I think that should be out there. And don't get me wrong, women of all sizes have their own insecurities regardless of what they look like. Everybody has insecurities. I'm just saying that when you're promoting a show that's about finding love, but you're only accepting people that look a certain way, then you're sending out a really negative message. And the irony is, when you pick all of these contestants for whoever is the bachelor or the bachelorette, you're also saying, hey, we're limiting you too to who you're going to choose and who's going to look good on paper. And there are some wonderful women that have been on these shows. They're doing some great things in the world. So I this has nothing to do with the individuals that have been on. It's the individuals who don't have a chance to be on that I think is what bothers me the most. So while I do think that we're making strides in certain areas, right? Like you look at Aerie 
and Dove and different clothing brands adding more sizes and showcasing different types of women. Yes, I think that there's been a really big movement in the right direction of body positivity, but I also think there could be more changes in the world. So end rant, I just wanted to share that because it's been something I've been thinking about as I was watching Sex in the City and then just kind of thinking about this topic overall and how hard it is to live in this society sometimes. <laughs> but let's move on to a different topic. I've poured myself some white wine on this snowy afternoon and I want to talk about DMing people on Instagram because here's my question. What does it take for you to answer a DM from somebody you don't know? Is it strictly based on whether or not you think they're attractive? Is it based on how witty or creative their message is? Is it whether or not you even see it? I mean, if you send somebody a DM and they don't follow you, it goes into their request folder. So they might not even see it, especially if they have a lot of followers and they don't go through this folder. But I'm curious because I definitely think that people and conversations I've had use Instagram as a form of a dating app, which I don't think is crazy because there are so many different people. It's a platform to connect with other people. But it's funny because everybody is accessible on Instagram if you have an Instagram. But then, of course, the question is, depending how much of a following you have and how famous you are, do you have a team looking through these messages? I mean, probably, right? There's no way that Chris Evans is actually looking at his request folder on Instagram. Although I did send him a video on New Year's Eve last year and it was opened. I just highly doubt it was from him. It must have been from his team, but I don't know. I mean, it was still opened. So you never know. That could be my future one day. Move over, Selena. I honestly feel like Stassi Schroeder would know the answer to this. And if you know who Stassi is, you know why I'm saying that. But I want to know your thoughts. I want to know who you've DM'd, who's answered, who you're waiting on answering. Have you met somebody via DM? Give me all the dirt. But we're going to start wrapping up this Snow Day episode of Take Your Best Shot because we will be coming back with some new episodes soon. But before we go, now that I've had some wine, it seems like a good idea to close this episode out with a random question generator. So I'll click a button that will generate a random question and I will tell you the question and what my answer is. And I might do this going forward because it's kind of fun. Okay, so first question, what is something that you constantly lose? My debit card. I feel like every year I end up having to get a new debit card at least twice. I just don't bring a wallet anywhere for some reason and I need to, but I feel like my logic, which is so dumb, I know it is, my logic is I'm afraid that if I lose my wallet and I have everything in there, it will be worse than if I just lose a debit card just because it's in my bag and it falls out or it's in my pocket and it falls out. So I don't know. But I think 2022 is the year to get a real wallet, not to be all Nick Miller if you're a new girl person. But anyways, okay. All right. Next question. If you were required to have a job of some type, but you didn't need the money from it to survive, what job would you choose? Uh, this podcast? <laughs> I feel like, is this count as a job? I mean, it's a job for a lot of people. So we're going to go with it. Next question. What's your close call story? Um, my first job out of college, I had to drive to Manhattan for a trade show. And I was in bumper to bumper traffic, literally in Times Square. And my gas light went on E. And this was right after, I believe it was Hurricane Sandy because all of the ports were closed. So there weren't any open gas stations in the entire city. 
And I was in bumper to bumper traffic. I honestly thought my car was about to run out of gas and stall in the middle of Times Square. And I was so panicky. It was awful. Every gas station that my coworker and I went to was closed. And so we finally, finally, after driving and praying that I would not run out of gas, we found one gas station and it was the only one open in the entire city. And you could tell because there were like a hundred taxis there. So that was a close call. If you had to walk away from one technology in your life, what would it be? Mm, My Roomba. (laughs) I mean, I know there's probably better answers to that, but I just feel like it's not as good as it should be. And I know my mom's going to be like, I told you, but I mean, there are better models. I think the one on sale was probably on sale because it was a shittier model. And I feel like it works but I just wish it worked a little bit better. Okay, this is my favorite question so far. If you were invited to attend Hogwarts, which Hogwarts house would you choose? I mean, this is kind of a trick question because even though the sorting hat takes into consideration what house you want, ultimately the sorting hat chooses for you. So I did take this quiz and I was put in Gryffindor and I did take it a couple of times. So I feel like if there was any room for me to get something else, I would have. And I'm really happy with that. Okay, this is a would you rather. Would you rather find true love today or win the lottery next year? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I feel like the independent woman in me is saying win the lottery. But I feel like true love would be nice. So eh, I'll be a romantic for five seconds and say true love. Okay, we'll do two more. All right. Without saying the category, what are your top five? I'll give an Instagram shout out to the person, first person who guesses this category. Okay. My top five in this category are smell, eyes, hugs, colors, attitude. My top five in that category. If you can guess it, let me know. All right. Last question. This is a good one. What's your opinion on tipping? Okay. Here's the deal. I hate being around somebody who doesn't tip, whether it's the bartender, the waiter, whatever. And I have a really funny story. This is actually a great story to end the podcast episode with. So my family went out to lunch one day and the lunch rush can be really slow, especially in like a small town, right? Lunch rushes, especially because we were a little bit later to lunch, maybe like two or three, really slow time. And my grandma and I were sitting next to each other and we got food. We ended up getting the bill and she said, okay, so like you think $3 is enough for a tip? Dead ass looked at me in the eyes with a serious face and asked me that. I I turned bright red. I said, absolutely not. Like you have to tip him 20%. 25, it's the lunch rush. It's slow. She goes, Jordan, that is ridiculous. $3 is more than enough on this bill. And we had gotten a pizza, a salad. Like we had gotten at least... worth of a tip or $20, whatever it was. And I start ruffling through my purse before he came over all flustered. And I pulled out as many $1 bills as I could find. And I look over, my grandmother is belly laughing. She couldn't even breathe. She was laughing so hard. She thought it was the funniest thing in the world to trick me into thinking that she was not going to tip this guy. And I almost had a heart attack. She said she's never seen me more mortified in my life. So My opinion on tipping is I don't care what business it is, you tip. 
people might not give great service, but they're doing their best, right? They're doing their best. If you're sitting there and you can afford to have a nice meal at this place, you know, be generous, be kind. So maybe they need a little bit of kindness in their day. So that's my opinion on tipping. But thank you for joining this snowy episode of Take Your Best Shot. I hope you were able to sit back, relax, and enjoy it. And you're looking forward to what's to come. I will let you guys all get back to your binging. I'm sure you have plenty left to do before the day is over. So as always, make sure that whatever you're doing in your life, you're loving yourself and you're putting yourself out there and taking your best shot at whatever you are doing because that's the only way to live. And maybe get out there and throw some snowballs around with your dog because that sounds just like a whole lot of fun. All right. I'll see you guys soon. Cheers.